0: Hi, this is Tamson Granger.
1: This is Dan Abuhop. But
0: Tamson and Dan read the paper on Sunday, December 12th. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, dear Armand.
1: Oh, that's right. It's Armand's birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Armand. <laughs> Enjoy it while you're young.
0: Yeah. Um, so, what's new? What's oh, new? We went all over the
1: place. We went oh. we to the theater. We were in New York. I finally got you to go to Manhattan. When was the last time you were in Manhattan? I frankly don't remember. March but. 2020 is the answer to that question. Uh, but that's okay. You're back. You're back. Okay. Uh, we went
0: to... With a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I drove in to meet you because you were already in the office. You did.
1: And you you drive with a vengeance. On a in...
0: gridlock alert day. It's,
1: that's the day to go in. Yeah. yeah it, it was miserable driving in New York, by the way, in case you're wondering. We can't explain why. Uh, we can't tell whether Because Manhattan's... it's New York. Yes, yes I know. But, it, you know, it, it varies. The stories vary from no one's there to everybody's there, to it's a mess, to it's a desert. Uh, I don't know what to say. Oh, Maybe
0: I... I've just lost my edge.
1: Uh, no, you haven't lost your edge. It took us an hour to find a space downtown. Every single lot was full. It was a disaster. You can't Semi-legal space. Park. Semi-legal space. It takes a bold... A bold partner once in a while to make a bold Shh, choice. Don't tell anybody. We got away with it. They'll hunt us down. Um, we saw assassins at the uh, Classic Stage Company, uh, which is downtown. Hence, we were downtown. And uh, the Sondheim show. So, what do you think, Townsend? I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. It's not my like favorite about?
0: show. What do you like? But it I best? thought it was a good production.
1: I want. I want to get your view before I launch into my long diatribe. So go ahead.
0: Well, it wasn't too talky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, no it was uh, it, it's it's fine. I mean, why are you pressing me because it's not no, my favorite I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna no, 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 go crazy that' it not right. really got People listen to this and say, leave the poor
1: woman alone. Let her talk. <laughs> So you know, I, I want this is me. Uh, it's not like it you know there are songs you can. All right, all right, I'm beating hum you Hum on already. your way home. <laughs> it's not hummable. Then we're gonna you know hummable. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, I, look, yeah. Here's the deal. I am going to the Lordy. That's the catchiest song there is. Yes. Um, on purpose. Well, every, everybody has the right to be happy. Is this, this maybe a hummable song? But. Um, yeah, I Except agree with that
0: you. It's kind of sad. It is sad. It's, it's, it's a sad humble it, ironic a, it's song. song. It's a yeah. Sondheim song. Yeah.
1: All right, that's all we have to say. It was uh we enjoyed it. It was uh fun. It was great being the classic stage.
0: We were so close it was fun. We loved to see those presidents assassinated. <laughs> we what, were, what are you talking about? We were about? so close it's
1: not to the fun. How close we were as close as performance as I am to you right now.
0: Well, that is the thing. Yeah. That um We went with some friends and uh, they brought up that uh, I think that it's amazing. You know, again, it's one of those rare circumstances in theater where you're in that kind of proximity. Now you go to a cabaret show like uh, 54 Below or something. You're you're steps away from people um, and and, and you pay for it. But actually, in terms of being up close and personal, these small theaters are really a bargain. Right
1: and you well, there, you say these small theaters. I don't know there's too many of them. There's nothing like classic. States no, but that there's I a, know.
0: There's, a, there's a bunch of them mm-hmm. uh, over uh, you know in the 42nd Street area, right, top, right, Port right. Authority area, right? Um, and uh, you know they don't have Broadway shows, but right. it's a you know. You forget that that can in itself can yeah. be a really terrific aspect of the yeah. theater experience, the so, intimacy.
1: Well, I do think that lends a lot. I think the performers were great. I think when we we're talking, you agree with me that they were the performers were well, they, do, they really were really,
0: uh, they're well-known performers. Right? You know, you were know,
1: in even Pascal and and Brander and, and people like that and Leo Will Swenson, Will Swenson. Judy Kuhn, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's uh you know it's a very accomplished thing. It's uh, uh, directed by John Doyle,
0: and I forgot I was wearing a mask.
1: Yeah, that wasn't a big deal wearing a mask, right?
0: No, no. You, you know, sometimes you're sitting on the plane, and you're going, "Oh my god, I can't wait till I get this yeah. thing off." Well, but she uh, was carried away with the uh, show. I was carried away enough with the show that mm-hmm. uh, wearing a mask was not a big deal,
1: right? But going back to something you said at the beginning, so uh, here's the deal with Assassins: it's not a great musical, and um. You know, there's no way around that. It's clearly not. And, and it's kind of, I was trying to put my finger on why that is. Um, and what helped me think about it was I saw the review that Jesse Green in The Times wrote about Company on Friday. Uh, by coincidence, another Sondheim show that's opening in a revival. Uh, and uh, famously uh, mixing things up by having the protagonist, the main character, Bobby, played... By a woman rather than a man. So previously it was about a man who had trouble making connections and uh, getting married and, and settling down. Now the woman's the main character. Much anticipated. And again, a fantastic huge cast. Huge
0: hit in uh, London, Huge right? hit
1: in London. And uh, interesting to me because Jesse Green starts his, his review of that by saying, If there, ever, if there was ever a good time to dislike company, now isn't it. Right. Uh, because, of course, Sondheim passed. And everybody's jumping on the Sondheim bandwagon. And then he gives a negative review, which was uh, startling, because you thought this was guilt-edged, couldn't fail, couldn't miss. Uh, and the circumstances were We've been so talking about yeah.
0: it on this very show.
1: and uh, Forever. He, but he makes a very interesting point. I'm not going to go through his review of Company, because we haven't seen it. But he makes a convincing case why it doesn't work, and why it couldn't work the way it's set up now. And here's what he says. I'm going to say this, read this because it applies to assassins. He said, What happens in company, uh, and what was remarkable about it when it was done at the time, was they abandoned traditional storytelling uh, for a new method of storytelling in which thematic consistency trumped conventional plot and nearly obliterated it. And you think about it, that's right. There's not a conventional plot in company. And what you had is some kind of thematic consistency—a bunch of sketches drawn together by a, a theme—and Yeah. And, and, and it resonated. When Making a put point, together. but
0: not developing right. a, a story,
1: a, a particular story. And you realize it's not—you know—it's not a big jump to see that's the strategy at work in Assassins. There's no plot in Assassins, and what you what would hold the show together, or could hold the show together, is uh, thematic consistency. And the problem with Assassins is there isn't thematic consistency. It is a bunch of sketches. And the reason is there's no through line with respect to the different Assassins, or very little in the through line. They've each got their yeah, own. They've got their own little story. Yeah. But in, So, in a sense, it's exactly what Green's finding at fault with the new version of Company really comes home. So assassins almost never has a chance. You're sitting there saying, they're going to, you know, I'm. What am, how am I building one onto the other? How am I relating to this little sketch to that sketch? And it, it doesn't. There are little hints that maybe it could or maybe it would. Um, and, but it just doesn't resonate that way. And so it exists as a bunch of sketches. And uh, some of the sketches are cute and funny. Uh, and some are, are sad. And one or two songs are great. Although because you lack that consistency of purpose and thematics and consistency, you don't have the kind of Sondheim songs you you know generally appreciate which the char- the character reveals quite a bit about himself in singing about some situation these characters don't reveal anything about themselves in singing the narrator has to step out and describe what's going on in songs so it's a different kind of on show in my mind it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a step behind the other signheim shows but um that's okay and but it, uh,
0: makes, it, it makes some points. It, it, develops it certainly makes points. It some turns, ideas yeah. about what's no, I behind if someone else, all these different. If someone uh, else wrote attempts. it,
1: we'd say you know it's a good Broadway show. It's, it's worth going. <laughs> but because it's because it's, it it's got to be amazing. Yeah, it doesn't. But it, it but it's not. But it, you know we enjoyed it quite a bit, and I don't think you can see a better production. We have seen another production. It was also good. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know it is what it is. Anyway, we had a good time. It was great being back in New York, and it was great being in classic
0: stage theater. Yeah, I mean, aspects of being in New York were great. The parking is bad. Which is what people from Jersey always complain it's, about, it's, right? Don't, 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 um, so not have me. Nothing's changed. Yes. Uh, but speaking of yeah. underrated musicals. Yeah. A uh, big article about the return of um, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yeah, really? Okay. We've been waiting that, on uh, that a 1978 TV special, yeah, which is now a theatrical production at the New Victory. It's uh, going to be there till I don't know uh, January second. Uh, oh. um, and uh, I was excited about this. This not uh, this is a uh, this special was a Jim Henson special. And uh, it's not that I'm such a Muppets. Yeah, Jim Henson's best special in the seventies, right? In the 70s, yeah. 78. Yeah. Okay. And uh, even in seventy eight, it's not like I, you know, uh, went crazy. Well, you weren't for a the child. Muppets. I don't know. I don't know. No, but, away, you but you know, was... I did. Uh, I did have uh, a younger sister who, yes, okay. you know, uh, was uh, familiar and watched all this stuff. Uh, but, um, but I mean, who does, Who didn't know about Jim Henson and the Muppets, sure, right? Absolutely. Uh, but i was an aficionado of christmas specials right yeah I, as you long know, as i no knew matter you. what age and i i knew you in i i have always eight. thought fondly of rudolph the red-nosed I can, reindeer i can back you up on this and um uh, mr muggleton Magoo, mr. Uh, and so on oh, everyone's and there of were that, that, there yeah. were those terrible moments yeah um, where you could only see those shows on uh, you know when they were presented around Christmas time. Yeah. And you'd like, you know, maybe you can catch it. Right. You got to be know? home at five o'clock on Thursday. And, and, and then, you, you know, the videotape, uh, industry, industry came about. And uh, the, the first thing, the first videotape I rented was Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Well, of course. And we had to rent a machine to play no, it. You're kidding me. No. Oh my God. Because we, you know, it, it was, uh, I was in college or something. I mean, it was, it was a long time yeah. ago. And, um, so... Anyway, one special that I saw, uh, I don't know if I saw the this I doubt I saw the seventy-eight um uh you know p- presentation. But I must have seen a repeat other years, mm-hmm. a few years later when we had kids or something, and I was Emmett Otter's uh jug band what's that called? Jug band Christmas. Yeah. Um and I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And I never heard anything about it. No one else ever seemed to know of it. And uh, you know, um, I think I worked hard to uh, find a videotape for the kids. The kids didn't really catch on to it, but I've always thought it was great. I mean, no one. One of the things about it is, um, guess who wrote uh, the songs? Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Had I guessed it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, still he, alive, by the
1: way. Eighty-one yeah, years old.
0: Yeah, and he did. Uh, he did coach them i think on this uh, production this live production at um, new victory theater um but anyway it's um it's it's a gentle sort of uh production yeah. uh, uh, about kindness etc the music is largely jug band yeah. style of music although you know there's a whole storyline with a you know um kind of a talent contest with a $50 prize. And one of the rivals to Emmett Otter and his sweet little jug band group is um, the, uh, oh, can I get their name? Um, it is really like a hard rock sort of, um, no, I'll never find it in here. Um, oh, the River Bottom Nightmare Band, mm. whose members include a stoat, a snake, and a weasel. Okay. And um, so, uh, so you know, there's a little variety in the music. There's a little Randy Newman, Alice Cooper, Carpenters kind of thing going on. Well, here. you know, I
1: should say, Paul Williams, people won't remember this, was sort of the pop songwriter of late 70s, early 80s. Is that fair enough?
0: Um, yeah. yeah. But, and he becomes... Uh, he works on the Muppet movie. This is yeah, sort of, right. he, he, said yeah, he felt this was kind of he's, a, he's not an audition he's not for the Muppet, well, Rainbow Connection I understand, that. but yeah. he's not famous
1: for the Muppet. He's famous yeah. for many more songs outside of Muppet.
0: Right. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, glad to see that Emmett uh, So, all right, so this it, will,
1: It's streaming. So we leave, yeah. So the opportunities are, it's streaming, you can pick up the, what I'll call the 1978 performance, I think. Yes. And uh, you can go to the new Victory Theater and see the new thing. Uh, at least until the beginning of January, right? Right.
0: Okay. There's there's also yeah. a soundtrack out there, but yeah. I, I think it's all about that. They're, they're very cute. It's Muppet puppet. Yeah. It's puppets, yeah. and it's uh, you know, I liked it. I you know, I have to look in again and see if it really holds up. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I've got another. Yeah, it's all you today. Uh, this is very quick. Um, the Mister Men series. Mr. Men and Little Miss, Turn 50. It's um, a children's book series, originally written by Roy Mm Hargreaves. And um, they're little, cute, square books. And, you know... uh, You have them right there, as it happens. The the first ones came out in the late 70s. Mr. Clumsy. Um, They're very big in the 80s. Yes. Yes, we have Mr. Clumsy. But the only reason I don't remember them, you know, I don't I don't know if they were really big in our family at all. No, I don't remember uh, them. At except all. that I was recently during the sweetest death cleanse yeah. uh, going through kids books and, you found and them. I found a pile of these oddly enough. They look pretty well Most of them are in French. Oh, really? Yes, we have the French versions. What What do you think they're worth? (laughs) I'm going to put them aside with uh, sighs and whispers. Didn't we speak to the kids in French only for the first two years? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that that must be it. Madame Bonheur, Madame Canine. Madame Botet. And Mr. Clumsy. And Mr. Clumsy. <laughs> Mr. Okay. Clumsy. That's and, not his And so French. what it is, they, they're little books, and they're just... Yeah, but uh, they look like they've been
1: thumbed through.
0: So one of your kids This was one is French. used. Mr. Clumsy is the it's, one that seems to have well, been read the most. at least the kids were <laughs> onto the fact that they could only read one of them. But, uh, so Hargreaves was originally an ad man. Yeah. And uh, one day... Um, You know, his son, Adam, asked him some question like, what what does a tickle look like or something? And uh, that propelled him to start writing these little books. The first one was just, you know, uh, this small size, like uh, four by four, five by five or something. And um, uh, on cardboard, he he did the uh, first ones. And they just sort of have, you know, Mr. Tickle, Mr. Messy, Mr. Grumpy. It just kind of... Tells the well, story. So it's a story since it, it turns 50, so this is the 50th anniversary
1: of these books. So yeah, you know. they,
0: and they've been, uh, they continue to be re released. Um, Hargreaves really? died pretty young. Oh. He died in uh, 1988 when his son was 25. Hmm. And his son kind of took over the business. And he, they say today that they're even popular. You know now people who you know now the people who originally read them are having children. The Gen Xers feel very nostalgic about them. There are some clothing lines yes. uh, using the. I guess
1: what the last word in the Mister Clumsy story is. What? Oops,
0: oops. Yeah. <laughs> so probably um, even in the French version. Yeah, they're they're really. Um, All right, you know, they're evocative of a certain period. Well, it's just amazing that
1: we have them. These are valuable. These are are worth thousands of dollars. There's no question about it.
0: Rien n'était assez beau pour Madame Beauté. Yes, as they say. Uh,
1: You know, we're going to get on the Facebook marketplace and make a fortune. All right, so uh, Gil Hodges got into the Hall of Fame. I can't tell you how much of my youth and baseball watching experience has been occupied by hearing commentators older than myself going on about the greatest injustice in the Western world is that Gil Hodges is not in the Hall of Fame. Okay,
0: that slipped by me. Yes. Well, as as
1: frankly, uh, so did. Uh, I mean, the books. I know that
0: he's a famous guy. Yeah. I, well, well look, you know.
1: so let me, since, since since you say that to me, I'll just say, Bill, just to set the stage here, Gil Hodges played for the Brooklyn Dodgers when they were uh, a winning team, going to the pennant every year and losing to the Yankees every year in the nineteen fifties. Uh, that was a team that was uh, very much admired. The Boys of Summer, famously about that team, with people like Jackie Robinson and Pee Wee Reese and Carl Furillo and Don Newcomb, et cetera, et cetera. It's a legendary team. He was the first baseman. He was not the best player on the team, but there were many, many very good players. Roy Campanella might have been the best. He was the catcher, mm-hmm. uh, three-time MVP. So not to be the best uh, on the Dodgers is no shame. Duke Snyder was on the team. He, so he was cast as a very good player, and uh, he had uh, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 or 11 successful seasons with the Dodgers. His baseball career started late because he was in World War II. He's played one game, and then he went to the world war for three years, and he came back. Always a popular guy, uh, and he was always just short of the Hall of Fame. It, you know, the Hall of Fame's tricky. You know, what's the line? What's a, you know, what's a superstar? What's a great well, player? Well, it's a voting thing, isn't it? It's a it? voting thing. So that, you put your finger on How do you
0: not it. vote for a guy like that?
1: Well, okay. So let's, start, let's slow this down. Let's let's, let's pull this apart. Let me unpack this for you. Is it a popularity contest? Well, inevitably, it is to some extent, but is that a good idea? So who got in with Gil Hodges here? You know, Jim Cott is one of the people who got in. He's a very, very good pitcher. Pitched for a long time. Was he great? Not really. Tony Levy, I do got in. I think he was great. Manny Minoso is not a great player. Uh, he's in. Uh, what I'm saying is, this is the Veterans Committee. But the guys who are popular get pushed over the line. Now, let me just give you the other side of that. The one player whose name was really up this time for the Veterans Committee, didn't make it, was Dick Allen, Richie Allen. Do you remember him? No. Played for the Phillies. Okay? Sorry. Okay. Richie Allen was the best hitter in baseball for almost 10 years running. So it's a crime that he's not? It's not a crime. I mean, it's not a crime. But he was terribly unpopular, always at odds with the press. But let me tell you something. If you were facing a lineup with Dick Allen in it and Minnie Minoso, you would walk Dick Allen to face Minnie Minoso. They don't belong in the same... Page, in terms okay. of their abilities. Right. So it's popularity. Right, and get had, me back to but Gil Hodges. couldn't make it because he was on the borderline. They, they always say, why didn't he make it? Well, here, here is the real problem with him. Okay. A lot of his support came from the fact that he became the manager of the Mets yes. in the 60s. And he was the manager of the 1969 Mets team that miraculously won the World Series. That went from worst to first. Is that so, a bad thing? No, it's not. Here's the problem. That's where a lot of his support came from. But there's a strict rule in the Hall of Fame that said... You can either be elected as a player or as a manager, but one does not bleed into the other. So when people were supporting him, saying he's a great player, he's a great manager, people would say, "No, no, stop right there. He's in going up for as a player. We're going to put our hands over our ears about this so manager thing." So two
0: rights thing. make it wrong. It
1: didn't make any sense. So it almost was an overreaction—the idea that we can't bring him in because you know, because of his manager stuff. I can't let that bleed in, which makes no sense whatsoever. All right, so they're correcting it now? Well, they didn't change the rule, which they should. No. They finally correct I mean, the man retired in 1961. Mm-hmm. a long time ago. Uh, and of course, he's passed away many years ago. But in any event, he's finally in the Hall of Fame. The good news, I wanted to hear Harvey Rose of the Mets go on about it's the greatest crime against nature. He's <laughs> in. Life moves on. Okay. So there you go. Oh, I got that done. Um, yes, yeah, so we back to you. Back uh-huh. to you, honey.
0: Yeah. So this week um, there was an article: um, is dancing, as in social dancing, ballroom yeah. dancing. Yeah. Um, the new kale. I've always thought of, of exercise.
1: It, first of all, let me say I've always thought of dancing like kale. But to me, they're right? kind of in the same. Improves category. your digestion. No, it's just it's something I uh, kind of hesitate.
0: But but good. But going. it's well, it's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a little, you know, it. it it's not easy for everybody, but yeah. it's something you should do, okay? yeah. So the story, they started out the story, about this uh, guy, Frankie Manning, who um, was a, a dancer, mm. ballroom dancer, and uh, from the age of 80 to 94, mm. he would celebrate his birthday by dancing with the number of women of his age. Yeah, that must have been hard So to find. He, when he turned 85... He oh, he had danced, to find 85 women? He danced with 85 women. And where did he find these in, people? In, in one venue. And at one point, what? What? when he was 85, he was even still able to do his signature move, yeah. which was throwing a woman yeah. over his head Fine. in the Lindy Hop.
1: notwithstanding, where does he find 85 women who will dance with
0: him? Are you what? kidding me?
1: No. When I'm you're 85? People want to dance with you? Yeah, there's
0: like 85 uh, women for every guy, you know, in every nursing home. Oh, you think home. he's in a nursing home? And the no, woman's... I don't know if he was... You know, you're getting sidetracked. Yes. The point is... Yeah. Um, he was doing a lot of he, dancing. He was doing a lot of dancing. Yeah, okay. He felt the dancing kept him young. Yeah. And it turns out there's a bunch of surveys that support that, not just young. Yeah. It's not that it, that it's just exercise. Yeah. Okay. It's good for your brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, story, a study done uh, in uh, a German study uh, published in Frontiers in Neuroscience in 2017, where they compared interval training results from interval training and dancing okay both activities okay increase the size of the hippocampus Mm. learning memory equilibrium etc but only dancing really improved balance okay so there's that i believe there's a great study 2008 about tango all right done at mcgill and turns out if you do tango if you tango Okay, uh, the people who tango have a better balance and a better gait. The idea right? that anybody who
1: went to McGill could do the tango is
0: mind-boggling. But the me. main thing is... It's a look. Canadian school. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, lighten up on the Canadians. You know? They're <laughs> pretty talented when you think about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, and there's an old study, 2003, where they compared 11 physical activities... like bicycling, running, blah, 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 with dancing, okay, all right, and only dancing um, had a substantial effect, uh, correlation with uh, less dementia okay okay because you need to when you're dancing you need to use you need to memorize mm-hmm. you need to use your brain okay mm-hmm. in a way that you don't If you're on the treadmill you're just blah, blah, blah you blah, haven't seen you me know. on the treadmill i'm, I'm like <laughs> you're, bouncing along um know, doing multiplication it calls into all these different things plus the music yeah. The pu- music uh, is you, probably you're nothing to ignore yeah, yeah. and also emotional so um it just this is interesting too Okay, yeah. I know I'm running over here, but yeah, uh, they also quote a guy who is teaching uh, at Stanford, teaches yeah. undergraduates, yeah. Um, things you know like the foxtrot. Oh. Uh, and uh, he reports yeah. that very often the students say they do better on their studies and in their exams uh, after the dance class. Uh, you know? Okay. I, so this here's the deal. Can I say that anecdotal evidence, honey? Anecdotal evidence. That's my favorite kind. I I know that right? Yes. absolutely. Right. And uh <laughs> but here here's the thing. Yeah. You remember how when you're when you're young, well, everybody wants their, their it used to be everybody wanted their daughter to be a ballerina. I mean, all all little girls used to take ballet lessons, okay? okay? And why? Because they have these visions of their daughter, you know, prancing about in a tutu. Um, But the truth is, and it's the same thing, a similar thing, I think, with uh, music as well. There are reasons to do these activities that uh, have everything to do with quality of a good life, Mm -hmm. Um, and not necessarily becoming a superstar yeah, okay. on no, stage. I'm with you. Uh, so I would, um, you know, uh, and you know, we, we have some famous dancers in our family. Pepper, Hazy come to mind, and I'm glad to see them going down that road. Well, Pepper, I think it's going to benefit uh, peppers all of us.
1: Clearly, seeing it as a professional adventure. I mean, I Pepper's obviously going to do it for a living. She's quite advanced. All right, so go ahead. Keep going. It's do all I have you.
0: To, do I have more? It's all you. So this is a riot. This is the other side of dancing in <laughs> kale. Our soda shops, the new Starbucks. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So apparently, out in the west, yeah. Um, yeah. anything can happen. Out yeah, there. it's the it's, wild west. It's, it's, uh, yeah. the people in the um, mountain west yeah. really love their um, carbonated beverages. Okay. Well, they do in these too, but it's called beer. <laughs> and <laughs> that's right. that's and uh, anyway, there are all these soda shops that are popping yeah, up. Yeah, I can't I
1: imagine. Mean,
0: this is like, you know, out of, you know, 1950s. Uh, uh, yeah, but, yeah. I, but that's, that's nutty to me because I thought everybody was putting soda aside because of the sugar. But they are. It's, it's, Consumption of soda yeah. has been on a steady decline. Right. So, in, in the U.S., because this is well, this is the thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I don't know about the people in the West. Maybe they just haven't heard. Uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> once word gets out there, holy mackerel! Yeah. But any, anyway, people are starting these chains. They yeah. did really well during the pandemic. Yeah. Because their drive-through. Oh, great! All right. Yeah. And uh, here's one young woman. Uh, she's 28, and she's describing uh, what she gets uh, at her favorite Swig Soda Shop. Yeah. They have really good carbonated water drinks because carbonated water is itself is disgusting. They mix it with fresh fruits and sugar-free syrups and stuff and it makes it taste really yummy. Okay. Is eight years so, old or what? You, well, you can go in. I guess you get these, like, custom yeah. sort of soda drinks. Yeah, okay. If you like. Well, so, right?
1: so the word sugar-free goes in there. So,
0: sugar-free, uh, I, see where this I think, is, going. is often the case. Oh. But anyway, they're growing like crazy in case anybody wants to well, invest. There's so delicious Fizz with two eyes. okay? Yeah. Um, twisted Sugar. I mean, they, they are, you know. Going crazy. Yes, there's a great soda drinking culture in the Mountain West region. What Starbucks originally did for coffee is kind of our idea with soda. But here's the thing. You also have in the West, you have the Mormons who can't drink Coca-Cola. Because? Caffeine. You know, they can't. Well, they can't. Well, actually they can, it turns out. But they can't drink coffee and tea. That's the way I want to put it. They can't drink coffee and tea. And then famously, there's this great story in this article about Mitt. Romney being photographed with a diet Coke, mm-hmm. okay, which would be a no no because of the caffeine.
1: But you're allowed right? to do it.
0: But then everybody looked into it, and it turns out only hot drinks with caffeine yeah. are the problem. Of course. Cold drinks yeah. are okay. don't you know, you know what that's called, Thompson? What? Thematic inconsistency. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is, yes. I think that is. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And and they say moms can't function without caffeinated beverages. Oh, absolutely. So, not. They know. barely and, function uh, with,
1: with them. You know, with the caffeinated beverages, Everything goes smoothly. All oh, right, look, I, what can I say? I'm floored. If you um, were to tell me one thing that would never come back would be uh, sodas in a big way. Well,
0: they're coming back, but they do mention in this yeah. article that, yeah. uh, you know, the average, um, uh, many of the dirty sodas, which is what you get when you're mixing yeah. all these yeah. things into carbonated yeah. water, um, which come in sizes up to 44 ounces, oh. can contain... Up to a thousand calories. Well, do you
1: remember Bloomberg was going to make illegal the notion of selling big containers of soda in, right. mo- in movie theaters, right. like forty ounces, because of all the calories? No, but they
0: were trying. They were trying to outlaw that in Philadelphia too, and I it forget. Didn't, it didn't work. I forget work. what yeah. happened. People pushed uh, back. Yeah, um, but anyway, so so,
1: so the worm is turned.
0: There. Oh, here I go again. What? I have more. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, you you keep going. You got a bunch of things. This was in the Wall Street Journal.
1: Yeah.
0: And it caught my eye because it will never appeal to me. But apparently, yeah. um, well, Japan is an, an interesting place. They're having trouble um, boosting their younger population. Yeah. They have a lot of older, older people. And then they have a lot of interesting programs trying to deal with this population. We talked before about the adult diapers and right. recycling them and so on and so forth. There's uh, They're at the forefront of initiatives to keep Old people thinking younger, yeah. and so this story is about a the Mataki snipers, a um, an esports e games uh, team that aspires to be in uh, you know um, professional older and then,
1: an older person a senior team. yeah a senior e games. Now
0: we, we've heard about it's weird enough um, that these uh, e sport. Teams exist at all, oh, yeah. Okay, and, and that they bring have, have big so, crowds and
1: they have big events and, they're, and, and they film. and then they make
0: a lot of money. Yeah, okay, and they and they have uh, totally huge sponsorships. Nuts. So I had no idea, but this is they're they're trying to develop a 14 person team, the average age of 68. That's what Their they coach need. is. Yoshito Suda, who mm-hmm. is 28, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, they aspire to uh, compete professionally. Like they right have, up our alley. They have joined with the Lenovo Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, to promote workplace diversity, I have no idea what that means. Older uh, but people. Lenovo is a sponsor of a Swedish team, the uh-huh. Silver Snipers. Uh-huh. So uh, this is coming. And they play games like you know, the Silver Snipers. Is you can is it get the old, old, older persons' team: Apex too, Legends, yeah. Fortnite, etc. Yeah. Right, something to look forward to. Yeah, well, well, good for them. Well, what do you? Something. To do, look you forward know, to. one person says, you know, they said they're they're studying and uh, they aspire to be. Um, you know, to beat teenagers. Yeah. And this one guy says, you know, I've been watching high school students play and uh, the difference between the seniors and the high schoolers is like the difference between cloud, no, the difference between the high schoolers and the seniors is the difference between clouds and mud. Mm. He says, I don't see it happening. Okay, well, it's an interesting uh, metaphor. Uh well, we'll see where they go. All right. So there's
1: another one for you. We still have one more for you. The Advent oh Calendar my God. Scandal.
0: Uh well this is just a sort of um um this was the... Reporting uh, on something we already already reported on. Yes, but this was about, was it, L'Oreal? Advent or calendars. Or well, yeah. No, Advent calendars. We yeah. talked about, you know, right. there all these crazy Advent calendars now, and some of them are quite luxury-oriented. Uh, In fact, Chanel came out with one. Right. It cost $825 wow. or something like that. Oh, so man. the scandal is somebody ordered it, yeah. okay, and then went through it bit by bit, saying what a rip-off it was. Right. And uh, Chanel is, is quite... Um, Mystified, they said, "Yeah, but we posted everything that's in it. We showed you before you bought it. it what's ruin- in it? Doesn't it even ruin the advent calendar and tell you what's in it before I guess you give it. That a is gift. cheating. But I, 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 feel, I guess she felt she was doing a public service. Well, they erred on I the side I mean, of caution mean it's weird because you know. In these, um, they're they're giving things like uh, lipstick, nail polish, hmm. stickers. Yeah, I don't know what the stickers are. I mean, um, it's like
1: gift certificates, probably.
0: I don't know." um Anyway, uh, and people are saying, yeah, it's some sample sizes of this, that, and the other thing, and a few well, that's, bits of perfume listen, or whatever. I
1: was going to buy you an $800 advent calendar, but now forget it.
0: But, you know, it just uh, it goes both ways. People are um, excoriating people just want a Chanel, yeah. but other people are going, gee, you know, what a jerk. Yes, what you an know? idiot. Don't want it. Don't can't order. take
1: responsibility for your own actions. Yeah. All right, so we our last story is as we head into a little negativity for the holidays. You know, I mean, advent calendar scandals is is a little messy. Uh, It's an article called, Must I Go Home for the Holidays? Not these days, says the New York Times. And you go, oh, what is this? Well, it starts with a story of uh, two folks, a couple named um, Lexi and Brandon. We don't want to give their names. Oh, forget their names. Okay, but in any event, they're getting ready to go home for the holidays, and uh, they realize that's a drag. I mean, to go to his place, uh, these people, they are their names are in the articles, they're the Iversons. They, you know, they don't want to go to his parents' place because their politics are so awful, and sitting down at a table together is hard because of that. They don't want to go to her family because it's a long drive to get there. And then they said, you know, who needs well, it? Who needs it? Who needs it? Let's just stay home and have uh, Thanksgiving with friends. And here's the quote: "We had such a good time, and there was zero drama to it and zero obligation." I think the pandemic shifted something that made us realize that if we don't want to spend time with family, we don't have to. And that's what this article is about. Here is uh, she goes on. No, to no, say, no, no! Don't,
0: don't give me all these. I'm not going to give not you another that story. No,
1: that but... further from Ms. Iverson. We finally realized. Because of the pandemic, we don't have to do things the way they've always been.
0: Yeah, first of all, this is nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People have not been going home for Thanksgiving forever. A second. It's nonsense for many reasons. But, but it's, 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 nice totally that you, it's nice that the, they feel the, the pandemic has well, done something positive yeah, for their lives. Yeah, okay, they're morons. But, it, but, but, but here, here's a, the thing. Poor no, pandemic is, is a scapegoat for so many mm-hmm. things. Right. Well, yes, you could
1: say the scapegoat, or it's a, it's a license to do whatever you want. Yeah, uh, that is true, and that that's what this is. If you read the article, and only quote, okay, here's an I won't, I'll just read one line from someone else who came to the same conclusion. Because of the pandemic, I need to be doing things that make me happy, and going home for Christmas is not one. Okay, so for number one, number one mistake here, okay. No one ever went home for the holidays because they think it's a good time. That's never been what it's about. You might yeah, have a good. T- it is. You might. Have I a good have t-
0: seen Hallmark movies okay, where I they do
1: that. Okay. Let me put it differently. There are many people who appreciate. I okay, bet Emmett Otter goes okay. home. There are many people who appreciate that it's a little bit of a mixed bag. But that's not. That was never the point. That was never the point of going home for the holidays. You go home for the holidays for a lot of reasons. Maybe it's an obligation. But these are the people that you have a shared upbringing with, shared experience. They're your family. You have bonds. It's not all about just having a good time that Thursday. Okay? People are on to this. People were on to this without a pandemic. Yes. (laughs) This was totally out there. Okay? And yet, the idea that you can say, well, you know something? I had no idea that we could skip this. The pandemic took the scales from my eyes and actually showed me that the way to do things is what's going to make me happy that Thursday. Well, good luck with that, buddy. Because this is so screwed up it's unbelievable. The fact of the matter is, you know, there are a lot of reasons to go home. It's not just about well, how am I going to have the best Thanksgiving
0: dinner? It's fine not to go home too. Okay? It's okay? fine not to go home too. It's all of... fine. All right. Well, it's yeah, just hilarious uh, that know... this this is an an article. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And people, not everybody's able to get home. Oh no, no, for no, Christmas no, no! I'm not saying one has to go home. And and people develop their own traditions. No, no, no. First of all, but I just think it's silly to yeah. um, use the, uh, the pa- pandemic ha- as way, a yeah. license. Yeah. For this right, behavior, right, right. you, like, you,
1: you got to take responsibility. I couldn't figure this out. You before. might even be going home for your parents' sake. There's even that element to it, if you can believe that. But you, there's a lot that goes into it. But the idea to reduce,
0: well, I, and I agree with you. You don't always have to go home. There's a lot of logistics no, involved. Whatever. It was but, not but, having your own Christmas is not necessarily a negative. No, no, I agree with that. But
1: what I'm saying is this: whatever you decide to do, with all the complexity involved, and, and called obligation, called shared experience. Call happiness. Call you know distance. Whatever, the
0: idea that the pandemic
1: has anything to do with your decision making <laughs> yes, is right. bizarre. Right. All right? Right, right. So let's get that. Let's but take. The-
0: this is similar to all these you know all a lot of financial decisions that companies are making.
1: Well, it's hard. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. There's a lot of a lot of ways that hotels, restaurants, etc. Have changed the way they operate. Yeah. Uh, to make it more, um, I guess. Fiscally responsible, yeah. uh, and it's being said, Well, it's because of, him. Yeah. yeah, oh, not, not really. Yeah, it was just yeah. I, no, it's just it's cover, it's
1: cover for a lot of stuff. I, I, I agree with that, right. but this is cover in terms of personal relations, which is just bizarre. But I, but I don't think it's that, yeah, I don't think it's one crazy person in the New York Times wrote this. I think you hear a little bit of this, and it's just nuts. You, you do what you're gonna do, take responsibility for what you do, and uh, you know, make an intelligent decision, but don't say, Oh my god, you know, yesterday I was just doing things mindlessly, and now. Now I see all the possibilities. (laughs) Give me a break. All right. So that's, that's enough about that. Uh well, I know we I we got to we got to
0: get back to the city. We're going into the city again now. All right, just you have to tell everybody our business. We're going
1: to be on the Holland Tunnel in an hour and 15 minutes. We'll see you there.
0: Uh never now, now now you're inviting traffic. Yeah, but right? this won't be oh, this boy. won't be released until oh, we until we're back. Tim. No, I'm talking about the gods are listening. Oh, the gods. Yeah. yeah. They're never going to let us in the tunnel. I don't now. think the gods listen. I, I think they do. I think this is their
1: job. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh this is Dan Abuhof. Oh, and Tamsin Granger. Four. I'll say it because you can't remember. Tamsin and Dan, read the paper, and we'll see you next week. Hope so.